the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Jets episode of the Next Jets, etc. podcast. And not with me today is my buddy, my coach, my pal, John Malika. You know, he's out in Greece right now. I believe it's Mykonos where he's at right now, just enjoying himself, enjoying the fine weather, drinking it up, partying it up because, you know, he deserves it. He works hard. You know, I won't do what uh, I won't be like Joe Budden. I won't fire him on this podcast yet. No, I'm just playing. I won't do that to you, John. It's OK. Uh, this is, he's not going to be Roy or Mal, but you better watch out, Ricey. No, I'm just playing with you too. Okay. All right, guys. So John's not here. Usually he leads these Jets episodes because that's, you know, I'm going to say his expertise. All right. But it's going to be me today. So I hope you enjoy this. Got a few things that we're going to cover today. We got to discuss Morgan Moses because that happened the last time we talked about the Jets. We also have to talk about, uh, you know, the athletic wrote a piece about, an MVP for all 32 teams. So I want to talk about that. Does God have to discuss Zach Wilson and what he's looked like during uh minicamp and OTAs. Then we got to discuss the back of quarterback position. You know, we got to talk about my boy, Elijah Moore, because everyone's just waxing poetic about him. Then we'll wrap up with the defense and we'll get ourselves out of here. All right. So let's get it started on the offensive line. Morgan Moses, was released by the Washington football team. The New York Jets were able to swoop in and get him, and we now just improved the offensive line dramatically. Guys, we know how bad it's been the last couple of years with <laughs> without an offensive line. We saw Sam Darnold have no protection, no time really to throw in the pocket. It was abysmal. We couldn't get a hole open for Le'Veon Bell to work. He looked out of sorts or any other running back. Well, maybe not Ty Johnson. Uh, he did a pretty good job even with the offensive line, but still it was not good enough. We've had, we were in the bottom tier of offensive line for so long, but now it seems like we can at least be an average offensive line, which was such an upgrade. Obviously still more work to do. You don't want it to just be average. You want to be better than that, but it's a good start after how long we've we haven't had an offensive line thanks to Mike McCagnan just neglecting how to build an offensive line. Joe Douglas, on the other hand, he knows how to do it. He's doing it properly, and he was aggressive to get Morgan Moses. All right. Now we're seeing how Joe Douglas likes to operate as it's been reported. He likes to say he likes to get value. He'll be aggressive where it needs to be aggressive, but he likes to get value. We saw how he was aggressive for Carl Lawson. We add an edge rusher. He was good there. We needed more depth at the offensive line. He went out and got Morgan Moses as soon as he was able to. He likes to go after important positions. Okay? That's what we're noticing. It's great to see. Finally, someone who knows how to build a team, who knows how to build the team properly, and that's what we're getting right now. So I expect Morgan Moses to obviously help. He's going to help anchor the right side, as we have Mikai Beck down the left, we got Elijah Vera Tucker as the left guard. We got Greg Van Roten at the right guard. That is the position uh, that we're going to have to wonder about. And we got Connor McGovern playing center. So Van Roten is the interesting position because he is obviously now the weak point of this line. It, it not not drastically, but we'll see what will happen with him moving forward because we have George Font, who's still on the books. And, you know, from what I've been reading, 
He's an, an athletic guy. He's played basketball, played tight end. Pretty sure it's, I read that he played fullback too. So he has, he has the capability to move, right? And, and in playing guard, you need to be able to move. You need to be able to pull left, right? So forth. You got to be a lead blocker for your running back when you're doing, uh, reaches and so forth type of plays like that. So he could have a chance. George Font could have a chance to take over at right guard. We'll see what happens. There's no guarantee there. It's an interesting thought. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens once camp starts up. Guys are getting in the repetitions, what's needed. But as of right now, all I could say is that the offensive line is much better. We should be happy because Joe Douglas is now taking care of the young quarterback and Zach Wilson. And he's also providing enough ample time for our weapons to get open. All right. Now it's no more, uh, defensive players funneling and just sacking the quarterback, causing havoc, not giving the quarterback enough time or the, or the receivers or skilled position players, uh, enough time to get into routes. This is all changing. Happy to see it. All right. So good job by Joe Douglas. Next thing on the docket. I do want to talk about this before getting into Zach Wilson, and everyone else. I was reading this piece by the athletic where they chose an MVP for all 32 teams and Connor Hughes of the athletic chose CJ Mosley. And I wanted to bring this up because Apparently, C.J. Mosley is looking like a beast during training camp, and that's what I want to hear, all right? And you should want to hear that, too, after he took off last season due to uh, COVID, fair reasons, right? Because you don't know what's going on during the pandemic, didn't want to get sick, totally get that, was thinking about his family and everyone else, totally understandable. But what's good is that even he's now had essentially a year after he got injured his first year with the Jets, and now he's looking good. Hopefully, he could stay healthy enough throughout the season to actually help the Jets this time, right? Because he started causing havoc, as we saw the first year with him. Dude can get into the backfield, cause havoc, stop the run, do everything you need to do. He's not a good coverage guy, but we need someone who – we need guys in the front seven who can stop the run and just get in the backfield and disrupt everything. That's where it starts. That's what you need your your front seven to do. You don't necessarily need everyone to be tackled or sacked, but you need some sort of disruption. And C.J. Mosley does that. Since he's looking like a beast, looks great during workouts, love to hear it. This is where, you know, this is where things are starting to get hyped. You're starting to hear good vibes about the team. I like it. Obviously, it all comes to how is he going to translate onto the field. But I wanted to point that out because it's interesting that we're saying C.J. Mosley, after a guy who took it off, that he's the MVP. You know, there's Q. Will. There's, you know, you could, you would think that it'd be Zach Wilson because everyone likes to talk about the quarterback. Maybe, uh, I know there's not many, maybe Makai Becton after his, after how he played last season, although granted he's hurt. So maybe he may have been Connor's, uh, choice, but due to injury, he wasn't. But I do like that it's CJ Mosley. I do think that's good to see and there's just good vibrations. Hearing that a guy who's coming back off injury is starting to look good. You always want to hear that a guy looks good coming back from injury. Now, what everyone wants to talk about, Zach Wilson. If you just are on Twitter and following the beat reporters, you have to get hyped over Zach Wilson. I know, I know, I know. I wasn't, I'm not the biggest supporter. Neither was John. You know, we're, we're still looking at Sam Darnold, like what could have been. Eh, not, I won't speak for John. For me, it's, 
at this point, it is what it is. I like, I just hope the kid plays well. I hope Darnold plays well, but I also hope that Zach Wilson can help the Jets move forward and in the right direction. So that way we actually have a winning team for once and we're not just in the gutter and the mocking, uh, just being consistently mocked by ESPN and all these other major media outlets because it gets tiring. Poorly played out jokes, poorly played out narratives, poorly played out uh, just one-liners by everybody. Look, I don't need to hear everyone say, oh, well, why would this guy want to go to the Jets? Maybe he wants to go to Jacksonville. Okay, I don't need to hear anyone say anyone wants to go to Jacksonville. Another dis- another terrible organization. Please stop it. So hopefully Zach Wilson gets better and we can actually see him take this team in the right direction. But as I'm trying to say is that we see everyone just talking about Zach Wilson, how he's precise with the, how he throws the ball, how it's accurate, how he has a good command of the offense. It seems like he's getting, having a good command of the playbook. Good things that you want to hear about a rookie quarterback and this wasn't stuff that we were necessarily hearing about Sam Darnold. You know, we heard reports that Sam always looked good during practice, but looking good against prior prior quarterbacks that we had, like Fitzpatrick, Sanchez, Geno Smith, Bryce Petty, the list goes on. It, it's it's a very low bar to achieve. The way reporters are talking about Zach Wilson, it's another step above Darnold, which is encouraging. I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid too much because I don't want to be wet down once the season starts, but I am liking what I'm hearing. I am liking that he's able to make the reads, to run the Wolfor offense just not perfectly, but I guess with ease at this point. I don't even know if with ease is the best term to use, but there's just confidence that he he can understand how, the whole design of the system, the quick releases, the quick routes, where you need to get it to, why you need to get it to certain players with these type of uh, matchup defensive matchups. I like that. It's it's good and it's encouraging. So can't wait to see it once uh, preseason's around the corner because I do want it. I can't I can't wait because it's been a while for football. We had a miserable season last year. Only won two games, so it leaves you wanting more, right? I, I I know everyone else out there has to be feeling that way. Everyone wants more because we didn't have a season that we could at least say, all right, at least we're moving in the right direction. We didn't even get that. We got a disappointing season, so you all must be like me where you want more because we have a lot of new we have a lot of new uh players on the team that we're excited to watch. So good to see Zach Wilson is impressing the beat reporters. Um since they're there, can't wait to see preseason and and to see what they will do. But even though Zach Wilson is doing well, there is still an issue that we have, which is the backup quarterback position. <sighs> I don't know what we're going to do, guys. I don't know what we're going to do. P- P- There's rumors that we should trade for Nick Foles. I don't know if that's, uh, the way I necessarily want to go. I don't know if we, I, I don't know if Douglas even wants to go that way either, just because of the contract for Nick Foles. Um, also you'd have to give up assets to get Nick Foles. I don't know who you'd, I don't know wh- who you're giving up to get him. Maybe a Jameson Crowder. If you can do that, if you could swing that deal, not too shabby because I'm excited for Elijah Moore. Although at the same time, I just don't want to give up good players, especially on offense for a young quarterback, if not, if not needed, right? So 
Nick Foles, I, I get it because do you really want James Morgan or Mike White being your backup quarterback? We saw what happened when we had Sam Darnold go down and all we had was Trevor Simeon and, oh my God, Luke Falk just as your backup quarterbacks. Jeez. It was just miserable. I, re- I still remember that Trevor Simeon game against pretty sure it was the Cleveland Browns. And whew, if that wasn't, if that wasn't rough to watch, well, I, the worst part was actually Luke Falk because I was there at the Eagles game. As you've all heard before, I was there and I don't need to get into the story of just saying how he didn't even look like a quarterback by most people there that he just looked like he was part of like a training staff. So he, you saw it. You could, he couldn't throw. He couldn't get the, he couldn't complete passes. It was like watching a, a high school football game when he was quarterback. It was only run after run after run after run. And that's not what we need. We don't need that, right? That's not how an offensive game – that's not how an NFL team is supposed to play. It's supposed to be a well-balanced attack unless you're really good at one and you can just dominate like the Rex Ryan teams where you had uh Thomas Jones or Ladanian Tomlinson who, all right, I can hand the ball off 60 times, like 60% of the time. Uh, when we're on the field, because I know it's kind of a guaranteed first down and we're going to be moving up, moving the ball up and down the field with ease. We need a balanced attack. So James Morgan, M- Mike White, probably not going to cut it. Guys who are available still, who maybe the judge should take a look at is Matt Barkley or Brett Hunley. Yeah, these aren't names that will win you over, but I think Matt Barkley and Brett Hunley are better than the options that we have. At least get one of them because our backup quarterback is James Morgan. He was drafted last season. This is his second year. He hasn't had playing time. What are we doing? He should be the third string. If Mike White's the third string, he should be gone. We should be getting Brett Hunley in. We should be getting Matt Barkley in. Somebody else. These guys are still free agents. If you don't want to trade for Nick Foles, you can go out and get one of these guys. And I'd rather do that than give up assets just to get Nick Foles. So, Joe Douglas, if you're listening to this, please go out and get Matt Barkley. Brett Hunley, one of those two guys, all right? They've shown they have a little bit of something, and that's all you need is a little bit of something. You're not getting – we're not getting uh, the Matt Moores, the Chad Hennies. Those guys are locked up, obviously. We're not even getting Marcus Mariota, who I actually wanted last season. I, th- I thought he would have been a good backup quarterback. There would have been no quarterback controversy because we haven't seen Mariota do anything, but at least he's good enough to use his legs to run – he has some arm strength. He could do something, right? You just need these guys to do something. It's in case of emergency. Because if you're relying on your second string quarterback to take it to the promised land, I hate to tell you, it's not going to happen, right? Your second string is, is you know, the best case scenario is that, okay, our quarterback's going to miss some time. We have a game manager who could keep us in games, and we just got to make sure we're we're doing everything perfectly, Right. You can't cut any corners. That's that's all you hope for. So once again, Joe Douglas, Matt Barkley, Brett Hunley, one of these guys, please, please. All right, now comes my favorite topic, favorite player right now on the New York Jets. That's right. I give a dramatic pause for this. Elijah Moore, everybody, man, talk about waxing poetic about a guy. Elijah Moore has gotten so much hype from a lot of people. And I too am hyped. When I saw the film that we, after we drafted this guy, I'm not a big college guy. Okay. So I'm not going to say I knew this guy from college. I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy, but I knew he's going to be this great from the get go. No, I'm not that guy. 
But I will tell you this. After we draft, after we, after the draft, I go back and I watch film on guys. So that way I get an understanding who they are, what they're going to bring to the team and so forth. Elijah Moore. I, as soon as I started watching film on this guy, I was like, Oh yeah, this guy's the goods. This guy's the real deal. You just see it. The way he run, runs his routes, the way he's able to cut the speed, the agility, everything, sure hands, willing, willing to, 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 to give up his body to dive and catch something. So uh, pl- players we've never had that could do that or they would and they just failed doing it. Elijah Moore can actually do it. Yeah. He, this is the, this is the wide receiver that we, you dream of. That could just dive, catch the ball. You're like, oh, this guy's diving. He's going to catch it. More than not, he's going to catch it. 70% of the time or more, he's going to catch that damn ball as soon as it touches his hands. And every time it touches Elijah Moore's hands, he's catching it. That's what we need. You know, my dad would always say this when we watch games together. How come the Jets never have guys who can make the spectacular catches, who can make the easy catches, who when the ball touches their hands, you know it is a sure thing. And I, I, I'd I hate it all the time because but Pops would just be screaming at, he'd be screaming at the TV, just yelling at the Jets because you have to understand, my Pops is an, was an OG Jets fan. He saw Super Bowl three. He saw Joe Willie Namath wave that finger saying they were number one. That was that. That's how far back he goes. So he's watched them for that long. And he's seen them fail. And when he, when he, when I heard that, I was like, I, I hated hearing that, but it was so true. The Jets didn't have that guy. All right. They had, they had those type of guys and Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker for a short stint. Okay. Even when they had Mark Sanchez, they were reliable wide receivers, but Cotchery, Braylon Edwards, Santonio Holmes was that type of dude. I, I will give Santonio Holmes that type, that type of acknowledgement, but for the most part, we didn't have those type of guys. Derek Mason, nah, Plaxico Burrs. We had an old Plaxico Burrs. Do I have to go into Stephen Hill? Absolutely not. Quincy Anunwa couldn't stay on the field. There's just too many guys. Too many guys, and they couldn't do it. Elijah Moore, though, can do it. This guy can do it. Trust me, this guy is going to be special. And as Connor Hughes of The Athletic wrote, and what a lot of people are pointing out is that this guy, that Elijah Moore is most likely and probably is the most gifted and talented player on either side of the ball. And that's saying something considering we saw what Makai Becton did last season. So I have a lot of stock in Elijah Moore. I just like wide receivers in general because I played wide receiver for a bit in high school. But I just I it is it is so good to finally have a wide receiver who I when I see clips, I I'm just like, yep, that's that guy. He is the guy. He is that guy. And I can't wait. I can't wait for that Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore connection. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. If you're telling me we got a a precision passer and a guy who catches the ball as soon as it touches his hand, damn near guaranteed, give it to me all day. All freaking day. All right. Last part of what we got to talk about, the defense. This is where... You know, this is where it gets – we all know the front seven is going to be fine. There's nothing else to say about that. We all know the front seven is going to be fine. All right. Q Will, Carl Lawson, CJ Mosley, Neville Hewitt, all those guys. We know the front seven is going to be fine. It is the secondary. John and I talked about this not too long ago on the last pod. We talked about the secondary being the problem. And it seems like we're sticking with it. It's not going to change. You know, Robert Salah 
head coach of the New York Jets, leader of men, all gas, no brakes. He said that we're going to be rolling with these guys, with our second unit. So is that encouraging? Is that worrisome? Uh, it's all of the above. It's encouraging that he wants to get these guys repped because they're second-year players, okay? They're second-year players. So, look, and they look, they're second-year players. They need the reps. You're, you're thinking about Wes Austin. You're thinking about Bryce Hall, Jason Pinnock, Omar Jackson. All these guys need reps. But right now, it seems it could be Bless Austin, Bryce Hall, who are going to be doing most uh, – of the work on the left and the right side playing cornerback. So it's concerning because these guys, they're not locked down corners. You know, we're probably going to see a lot of zone. Um, I don't know if man, man coverage is pretty difficult. It, it's a lot of body reading. It's a lot of physicality. It's a lot of catch up speed. It takes a lot of understanding to how to play man, you know, and I think we just, obviously we've all been spoiled with having Revis Island. So, there is a high expectation with what our corners can do to a certain degree. And not just Darrell Rivas. We also had Antonio Cromartie. Okay. We had the best Batman and Robin probably in the game. And so coming to these guys, it's no, it's no shade on them, but the reality is that it's just a difficult position to play. So our, our backfield is, 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 has a lot of youth, right? We were talking about Austin, right? Saw a corner. We're talking about, uh, well, Marcus Joyner playing strong safety. Marcus May playing free safety. Ashton Davis, who's back there, who also needs time to work. It's a very young squad. Marcus May is the leader. You know, it will be tough. It's not going to be pretty. If we could be at least average, which I said that last season, if we could be average in the secondary, it's a good thing. I don't think we'll be secondary. I think that's going to be our biggest weakness. These guys are going to get a lot of reps. Robert Salah has a lot of faith in them, but I also think he's trying to train these guys too because you gotta, you gotta get reps in order to get better. And practice only does so much because practice is limited in the NFL. So I think he likes what he sees in, in Bryce Hall and Bless Austin. He wants to get them reps. He wants to help them out. And this is what we're going to get. You know, people like John and I we were talking about Richard Sherman. Maybe Richard Sherman would come join the New York Jets. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like he doesn't want to come to either the East Coast, you know, or if he does come to the East Coast, it's going to be for a playoff contention team. And as of right now, that's not the New York Jets. We're a rebuilding team. Could things change? Could we be a winning team on the brink of the playoffs? Absolutely. Could we make the playoffs? Absolutely. It's obviously the chances are slim just because we're talking about a very fresh and young squad, but it's all very, very much possible. But guys, if I'm going to be honest, secondary is going to be our weakest point. Probably next to the kickers, John would say. And we don't have to talk about kickers because it's just look horrendous. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. Joe Douglas likes to work with young kickers. None of our kickers are looking good. So our kickers, secondary, probably the two biggest weaknesses of the New York Jets. And with that, I don't want to end it like that because I don't want to end on a sour note. Because guys, we should, we should be hyped. We should be, I won't say we should be, we should be excited, not hyped. We should be excited for this season. It's a lot of new faces, a lot of positive vibes, especially from the beat reporters, which is, which is different. You don't hear a lot of gossip as we have in the past. The New York Jets are not a circus this summer, which is fantastic. 
just like the New York Knicks, who we cover uh, in depth as well. Not a circus over there. You don't hear anything over there. It's great for us. No news is great news for sports teams. You want to keep it quiet. That's how you know the front office and everyone else is doing their work. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And that's the note I'll end on. So, everyone, thank you for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating and to leave us a comment if you listen on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, that's okay. We are available on all other streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. On top of that, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, we have a TikTok account. Still trying to figure out how to use that. It's in the works. We'll see what happens. And don't forget, we have a YouTube channel that's coming up on the way. That way you can see our beautiful faces as we talk about the Knicks, Jets, NBA, NFL, betting, whatever we whatever we cover, hip-hop, you know. You're going to see our faces soon, very, very soon. But once again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. We'll catch you later next week for another Knicks episode, all right? Catch you all later, and let's go Jets. Did that for you, John.